0: Whoa. Okay. What is it? Okay. This has happened to me too many times now. And it's not a ghost story. It is just a straight up horror story. I have few things in this world that I love. Hot sauce is one of them. And mm-hmm. my recent obsession has been this brand Upton's. Upton's Naturals. I love them so much. They're- um, What do they make? Vegan products, make seitan, like so proteins. Oh, is this your your little like chicken- My sausages. Sausage?
1: Yeah. You travel with them. I have not seen you in the past four months without also seeing your little sausages. That sounded weird.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Well, Corinne, my sausages are out. But you bring them with you everywhere. I do. They are a part of me and I am heartbroken because as of the last two weeks, I cannot find them anywhere in LA. Really? Because I used to sell them at Whole Foods and they sell their other products and so I'll eat those, but they're sausages. It's an Italian sausage they're so good. Like, I ate them multiple times a day. I ate them every single day. I'm in love with them. Like, they're up there with my hot sauce that Trader Joe's stopped selling and I had to find elsewhere. So, I yesterday was like, okay, I am going to look at their Instagram. Like, maybe they stopped selling them or they're discontinued or something. No, they're advertised on their Instagram. So, I started commenting. Well, I commented on one post and I was like, I'm so sad because I saw that they respond. To everyone, so I was like, "I'm so sad. I can't find them anywhere in Los Angeles. Do you know, like, are, have you stopped selling them?" And they responded saying that there are a couple places in LA that do sell them, but they're really, really far away from me. Anyway, this is my horror story. Stay tuned. My God, I commented back to both of them. The hunt continues. This is bringing
1: flashbacks to you trying to find the Trader Joe's hot sauce.
0: I know. She just wants her. I just want her be- hot sauce. herself. <laughs> spicy sausages okay i just want the spices and the, i just i don't ask for much in this world i know it's hard because you like
1: you zero in on a product and then you eat that product i become obsessed yes like every stuff. day for yeah. a year every meal every meal yeah. and so for them to rip it away from you what are you supposed yeah. to do starve i look every day
0: i'm looking every day at whole foods every day okay Send me the name of it. I'll do some research for you too. Maybe they'll okay. have some here. Upton's Naturals Seitan Italian Sausage. Okay, they also have really good mac and cheese cream, oh. and it's vegan. Mm. Ugh, and not into vegan cheese. Hard pass. This is two girls, one ghost. Okay, well, don't uh, insult my love of my life. Vegan cheese. Oh, ghost. No Upton's. Upton's. Okay. Well, and actually. Did you ever? Did I like you ever how we were fighting
1: Vita? through our. I was like two girls from Ghosts <laughs> you were saying, and then I started my rebuttal as you were whispering.
0: <laughs> we fight through the intro. Wait, the show must go it's on. It's Still a business, it's butter. It's still a business. Um, we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hello. I'm Sabrina. This is an Encounters episode. I think you were about to say that, but I stole it from you because I'm mad. Okay, well, <laughs> I will move past our silly little argument. And share a story with you <laughs> about... Okay, I'm trying to first. okay, I'll do a scary one first, okay? Okay. This is from our listener, Sarah. We Black-eyed kids are something that we have talked about many a time, but we haven't had stories of black-eyed kids in a very, very long no,
1: time. No, I feel like we don't get that many emails, which is maybe a good thing that people don't right. encounter them too often. Our, our hope right. for people is that they don't, but our hope is also to get more in our inbox.
0: Or maybe... We don't hear of the stories because people who encounter them never come back. They turn into BEK themselves. So this is from Sarah. Sarah said, this is my maybe encounter with two black-eyed kids. I will let you decide. I left my house to grab some takeout for me and my boyfriend. And on the way out of our neighborhood, there were two kids, oddly, hanging out by the stop sign that leads to the main road, which is a very dangerous spot to be standing. Something about them made me have a super uneasy feeling. Bad vibes everywhere. One was in a plain blue hoodie with it pulled over her head and black sweats. The other had her hair pulled up in a ponytail and a white t-shirt and black jeans. These are not kids I have ever seen before in the neighborhood. So I pick up our food and drive back home going in the back way to our neighborhood and I find that the two kids are standing in front of my house staring at it. Everything in my body said to keep driving. There was just something so creepy about it. But my boyfriend was home so I parked and I immediately called him to come let me in in a panic because there was just something really weird about the vibe of these kids that made me so uneasy. And then these kids started to approach my car when finally my boyfriend opened the front door and the girl with the ponytail turned to him and said, We just wanted to ask her something, but never mind. My heart dropped and I ran inside and closed the door. I looked out the window and those two kids were completely gone. My boyfriend thinks I overreacted because I listened to too many ghosts <sighs> and true crime podcasts, but my goodness, trust your gut. There was something so off and unsettling about that situation. And I think it's important to put your safety first and trust your instincts. See you on the other side, Sarah.
1: Um, I agree. And also whether it was B.E.K., some sort of ghostly situation or just, there are so many people that are used as bait for a lot more horrible people and you do have to trust your instincts. It doesn't matter if it's a child or an adult or a woman or a mother. If you get a bad vibe, trust your gut. gut. That is so
0: scary. I'm so glad Sarah's okay. Me too. Me too. It's like, yeah, whether these are black eyed kids or just kids who intended on harm. And I say kids, but it sounds like they're like teens or preteens. But yeah, I don't like that. And it's just weird also that she drove out of the neighborhood and came back and these two kids are standing in front of her house, almost like waiting for her. Mm
1: -hmm. And I mean, I know kids can slip away real quick and they'll like run away and stuff, but to immediately go straight to your window from shutting the door and then just later gone. Like, I don't know the setup of this house. Ooh, Sabrina, are you a carafe person now? I'm a carafe girl. It looks so nice. The water has never looked so refreshing. I (laughs) wish I could teleport there and also drink from
0: your carafe. I can buy you a carafe. I found this on Amazon for like 30 bucks. I want a carafe. And it's so cute. I want a bedside carafe. And I put it next to my bed and I make sure it's filled. And then I drink so much more water now because of it. Oh my gosh. Genius. I want one. Because
1: I feel like it will... Only be bad for me because I drink so much water at night. I like don't
0: drink water during the day,
1: and that's why I get up so many <laughs> times and pee in the middle of the night because I chug. My body's like, don't go to mm. sleep. You haven't had enough water, and then I chug water.
0: Yeah. So here's what I've been doing, and I, I feel like I, we stopped mid sentence because you got excited by my carafe. I now I've been waking up in the mornings and reading for like thirty minutes at least, and so I sit up in bed and I light a candle immediately. Beautiful. My, my candle of the moment. So I have food of the moment. I also have candles of the moment. Is the uh volcano or blue capri volcano candle from anthropology. anthropology.
1: Smells mm-hmm. so good.
0: I light that and I pour water from my caraf before I drink any coffee. And I finish my carafe off in the mornings. So healthy.
1: Look at you. I'm gonna copy you. Routines. No longer will I wake Thank up you. and immediately open TikTok. I promise that to myself. <laughs> I too will do something else. All right. We can send each other. We can be accountability buddies. Okay. I'm done. I'll send you a picture of me in the
0: morning, every morning. (laughs) Crusty. Just a little selfie. Me and my (laughs) um, ice pack face.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I have one of those rollers. I need to use it for more than just Mm. when I have panic attacks.
0: Okay. This is from Sully.
1: It's called, was it in the land or was it in us? (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Ladies, as with many of your listeners, I've had a few weird things happen to me over the years. I'm a woman working in healthcare and listening to your podcast the other night made it click in my head. I need to be thinking of these occurrences like a sickness. Could these be symptoms of a bigger problem? I don't even know what we said. Short, non-freaky history with all facts, although I didn't know them at the time. My parents bought a piece of land in a small spread out neighborhood. Think one and a half acre plots when I was four years old and my brother was just a baby. Due to some shady dealings involving the transfer of the land prior to the sale to my parents, my parents were immediately pulled into a lawsuit over the ownership of the land. That's super shady. That's so shady. I know. I'm so curious what happened. My parents ended up with the land and began planning and building their dream home. As my parents were planning, my mom began having severe vertigo and would fall down or pass out. Her doctors told her it was something terminal, and she probably had months or a year left to <gasps> live.
0: Oh my gosh. But they don't know what it was? To just say that, that it's terminal, but
1: not know what it is? is maybe so, Maybe they know, but they just didn't write exactly what it is. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Or maybe it was so nefarious and it was just like, you have a year left and we don't know why. My mom told my dad to plan for the house to be his dream home because she wouldn't be around for it. Meanwhile, I didn't know anything about what was going on, but occasionally I would hear my mom crying and I knew that it was weird, but I didn't want to ask why. About a year later, they found out that the issue was with her inner ear and not something terminal, but the house was still built and that was a year of really awkward feelings. So when I was six and my brother was turning three, we moved into our new dream home and I immediately began having reoccurring dreams of a decaying deer with a skull face turning
0: around the corner of the house and looking at me. Crin, this reminds me so much of the Conjuring House. Oh, really? Oh, so much.
1: Except she was only six, so she wasn't she wasn't a girl over overtaken by hormones
0: yet, like they say. But the parents like had a nightmare of like a deer like entity. Mm, that's right. This is also okay. just making me think of all the
1: like names for schmin schmockers and you know the flesh pedestrian oh, yes. kind, all those yes. things, not deer, things that we also shouldn't windy boys, things whose names we don't truly say. I'm curious what part of the world this is in. I don't know. Anyway, we'll find out. I immediately began having recurring dreams of a decaying deer with a skull face turning around the corner of the house and looking at me. Something I now have seen everywhere depicted as a windy boy
0: insert. Mm -hmm.
1: If you don't know what a windy boy is, Google it because we're not supposed to say the name out loud, but that's the nickname for it, it, the alternate name. My brother started having night terrors and told my mom about the, quote, red hellish monster that stood outside his room. My mom told him to draw it and he drew a black mask with glowing red eyes, something I've also now heard multiple people talk about on podcasts, visiting them as children. Then my dad got verbally abusive and rough. He would snap yell, and then want to lay down and watch TV with us a moment later like nothing happened. Like he didn't even remember yelling at us. When I was in sixth grade, I had a Halloween party in my backyard with a bonfire. My best friend and I were out back after everyone else had gone home and we were just talking to one another, probably about boys, when I looked over her shoulder Hmm. and I saw a man in overalls staring back at me. I couldn't not look at him, Hmm. but I also wasn't afraid. My friend wanted to change places around the fire, so I moved, and she goes, were you looking at that man over there in the conductor outfit? No. I said, yep, I was. She wanted to go inside, so we went in. (laughs) It was the most nonchalant encounter I could have ever imagined having. I knew he wasn't a living human, but at the same time, I wasn't scared, and I didn't feel the need to explore anymore. But I was always scared to go out back at night, and I attributed It to him until now. I do wonder if he was a protector because we've encountered worse in the same part of the yard. We had a chicken coop in the same area at a later point in time, and the dogs were barking at night down by the coop. And so my mom went down to chase off whatever was trying to get in. She said that when she started to walk down, she got about halfway before getting an overwhelming sense of do not go down there. The dogs came running towards her and pushed her back up towards the house, and she listened to her instincts. In the morning, the chickens were fine, nothing amiss. My mom also said that she saw a shadow figure in her bathroom. Much, much later on, I moved back home into a small apartment in the second floor space of my parents' house. Since you can access their attic with the same staircase that you use to get into the apartment, I could hear if anyone was coming in to look at the water heater, the AC unit, etc. Regularly, I would wake up at night to someone walking around the apartment at night. In the morning, I would wake up, ask if something went wrong, and find out that actually no one had been upstairs. No one went upstairs. As I mentioned, my dad's mood changed in this house, but so did almost everyone else's. I developed generalized panic disorder where my body basically stays in flight mode and I'm in a constant panic attack all day but fortunately went off to college and fully credit that for my healing and my living now. Good. My brother has severe anxiety and depression and unfortunately lives at home with severe hurdles still to go. So my question is this. I have friends, family even, who notice the negative energy when they even drive up to my parents' house. Is it my family that created this or is there something attaching itself to my family? Furthermore, this all seems to have started with the move. Do we think it's the land? Or did the tension of the sail just intensify what was already there? I thought you might enjoy a nice case study. Love forever and see you on the other side. Sully.
0: Now. Sully. Okay. This reminds me a lot of, well, I'll just posit my theory and I'll explain why it's my theory. My theory is that it is not, it's a combination of the land and perhaps the bad situation that happened and occurred going into the sale of the land because it reminds me so much of when my dad and mom, before we were born, my dad had like a, I think I've said this story before. He had a weird business dealing and he heard like the guy he had done the deal with mutter something strange to him in the elevator. And when he got home to find the contract, it was gone. And then the dogs and like the cats were going wild and a lot of weird stuff happened around my family after that. It almost makes me think, and I guess I would probably need to know more of the context of it in terms of like the shady dealings, but like if either the person who didn't end up getting the land cursed it, or if the person who was doing the shady dealings because of their bad intentions, they left something behind on this land but I really just don't believe it's Sully's family. I agree. I don't think it's them either, especially because none of this started until
1: they were there, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I understand that they had two children and, and having kids and moving and all these things can exacerbate just things going on in your life. Like you can become more stressed. There's more going on, but it doesn't make any sense. Just all of them collectively together, having so many experiences, plus other people that aren't even in the family being there and seeing spirits, having experiences, people feeling the energy and physically seeing Mm -hmm. ghosts. It's not just them. They didn't create this. They didn't create the ghosts lurking around the property. No. They're in, yeah, it's like a conjuring house, Amityville horror type situation.
0: Yeah. And it makes me sad that every single one of their family members Mm -hmm. was affected in some negative way. I am really glad that Sully's mom, that the what they thought was terminal was something else completely and that yeah. Soleil's mom is okay, but my gosh, like the vertigo starting with the purchase of this land is—that's not a coincidence. No way, no how. Uh, I hope your brother is okay. I—I'm like, get
1: out of the house, like. So, I understand that that's not a possibility for so many people. So now I'm just trying to think of all the different ways that a cleansing could happen, or someone could mm-hmm. be contacted to help clear the space of the home, or at least protect. You, Sully, and your brother and your family, whoever still lives there. I think we've got a a community of people who might be able to help. Yeah. Call in the witches. I feel like, you know, when on the Amanda show, they'd be like, bring in the dancing lobsters. I feel like we're like, bring in the witches. And everyone comes with all of their knowledge and, and all of their culture and history and learnings and new experiments and can just help each other. And I love that. Bring them all the in. The coven.
0: Me too. I love the coven. I have another story. Okay. And this is very coven-like. It's from our listener, Sam, and it is called What It's Like to Date a Psychic Medium. Ooh. Hi, lovely souls. My name is Sam, and I'm from a small town called Miramichi, New Brunswick. I think that's how I say it. I currently live in the gorgeous province of British Columbia, and I am what you call a psychic medium or energy worker. I was recently listening to your episode 182 and I had a poll to share something super special with you and your listeners. This is a heartwarming story, but also a holy shit moment for me. Okay. Sam says, let's get to the story. A few years ago, I went on a date with a guy I met on Tinder. Let's call him Brad. Before I would meet anyone from Tinder, I would ask them to call me on the phone and talk before meeting up. Safety, of course. One of the big reasons why I requested this is because I didn't want to waste my time if I didn't jive with them and I wanted to feel safe before meeting a stranger. Brad had zero issues calling me and we chatted for about an hour on the phone. As we were speaking, I could see, because I'm a vision person, I see things in my mind and feel other energy emotions. I could see a woman with blonde hair smoking a cigarette and listening to what I could hear was Fleetwood Mac. Her energy felt fun, light, and motherly. And as we were talking about life and other things, this spirit was pushing hard for my attention to let Brad know that she was here.
1: I already have chills.
0: (laughs) I know. She legit would not leave me alone. So I finally spoke up and explained to Brad how sensitive I am to people who have passed on. I figured that this would be a deal breaker because from my history of dating, men had an issue with me being a psychic medium. But Brad was super open to it and asked me to describe this person. As I started to explain further, I felt like this was Brad's mom. So I asked, did your mom pass away? He said, yes. I could tell in his voice he was shocked. I explained the music I was hearing, the smoking and drinking whiskey, and he confirmed that was his mother. He explained the death of his mother, which I can't recall what happened to her, but this next part will blow your mind.
1: As if I wasn't already feeling (laughs) mind-blowing moment. I know. There were like three words said, and I was like, I
0: already have chills. I know oh yeah so beautiful Mm -hmm. we both wanted to meet each other so we decided to meet up for pizza as i was getting ready for my date here comes brad's mother asking me to write her son a letter i was like wait what you want me to write a letter to your son i felt like this was a big ask because i really needed to make sure her message came in super clear without any mistakes i also felt uncomfortable for a moment as i thought what if brad wouldn't accept it because of his loss of his mother Am I to send more sadness to his heart? I wasn't stoked at first because I didn't want to cause more pain, but she convinced me that he would be happy to receive a letter. So I wrote a letter straight from heaven onto this piece of paper as Brad's mother channeled in. The letter was so loving and cute with so much love. Remember, I had never met Brad in person. I talked to him on the phone for one hour and a half of the conversation was about his mother passing. And now I'm about to give him a letter from his dead mother. Sure, I don't sound like a freak, (laughs) Anywho, we meet up in person, have yummy pizza, and now it's time to leave. In case you're wondering if we are together now or went on further dates, no. I didn't find him attractive, but there was definitely a greater purpose for us to cross paths. I was meant to give him this letter. We squared up at the restaurant, and as we walked out, I explained to him that I had something for him. I handed him the letter and said, It might be strange, but your mother asked me to write you a letter from her to you. As I handed him the letter, his energy shifted quickly. I felt excitement and hope spewing from his being. His eyes filled with love and he gave me a hug. Wow. I asked him not to read the letter in front of me as I wanted to give him his space to feel. He said, Sam, when my mom was alive, she used to write me letters. And when she passed away, I started to write letters to her sitting on her favorite bench in the park. I cried. I was like, holy shit, are you serious? Oh my God. He called me the next day, thanking me a million times for the gift. I asked him if the letter made sense and he confirmed it really was his mom channeling through me. What a gift. Wow. Brad kept the letter in a picture frame with his, a photo of his mother. Ah. He will forever have this letter that he can connect with when he misses his mom. I couldn't be more grateful to be the messenger between heaven and earth. I have so many more stories to share with you all. Lots of love to you both and take care, Sam. I was sweating before this and I literally, I don't even know if you can see it on video. My
1: hair is off, completely standing straight up. I have chills everywhere. I know. This is so incredibly beautiful. And Sam, what an incredible gift you have too, to to have the clarity of the messages coming through and to clearly go about I know. delivering them with so much love and so much respect and so much grace too to, to gain people's trust because it is a really, you don't necessarily know how someone's going to react and writing a letter from someone's yeah dead mom can be, that can be, a that can be like the worst day someone's ever been on, right? <laughs> that can blow up back in your face. But it's clear that Sam does it with just so much, gives them so much space to, to receive the message and doesn't fully go in and, and, Deliver something that's not the right place, right time.
0: And so I respect Sam a lot for that. But how incredible. But the spirit, I mean, his mom was like, no, you need to do this. Like, I wonder how long she had been waiting to find someone who could deliver something to her son. Like, oh, it's so, I mean, Sam has such a gift. And I imagine it's really hard to know when to pull back from it. But my gosh, this is to me, a story that's like, sometimes it's better to take the risk. And even if it's not received well, at least you tried to do something that the spirit asked and wanted.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like um ghost whisperer, you know, the constant back it and is. forth of like, do I say something? Do I not? Do I just attend to the spirit and not the humans? Or do I communicate with both? I know. I'm very curious about all of Sam's experiences now
0: and what life is like. Sam is this, what do you, what do you tell us more? I need more. Well, we have Sam's other email that I will read in another episode. And then Sam will have Sam email us more because clearly Sam has a lot of experiences.
1: This is an email from someone who has been given the title of most haunted friend in our haunted friend group. MHF? This is Eric. Eric is super haunted. And it's been a long time since we've read a story from Eric, but there was an email Mm -hmm. sent last year titled, the time I was almost decapitated for the affection of a beautiful woman. And I was like, I'm putting that in my folder because I'm definitely reading that at some point. And today is the day, but I'm excited. Hey, ladies, as usual, I hope this email finds you well. This will be a short encounter, but I think it's a very important one. So I will share. Years ago, I met a girl who lived in the next town over, which was about a 35-minute drive to go see her. We hit it off immediately because we liked the same music, she was very eclectic, and she liked me because I played guitar. Also, we shared a love for the paranormal. So I would always welcome the opportunity to get creepy, and so did she, and it was great. She told me that the house that she was renting was aptly named The Creepy. It was a two-story brick home. It sounded like it was built in the early 1900s or maybe even the late 1800s. It had a full basement, creepy in its own right, and upstairs that included ta- a tower attic bedroom. Oh, that sounds so cool. That does sound Wooden cool. Wooden banisters with thick, heavy wood on the railing and huge, heavy doors. The house earned its nickname, The Creepy. She yeah. would tell me about apparitions of a man and a child in the home. Her kids had seen them many times. They would hear footsteps doors open and close and a disembodied voice or two she had a toxic roommate the tensions grew strained and in fact increased the activity in this house towards the time that the roommate was moving out i began coming into the picture so when i would hang out we would just avoid being in that home altogether one night i was at home And she was doing laundry, so that meant that we had to go into the basement. To get there meant walking through the kitchen, and so the door was opposite the cabinets, and this is important. Now, this particular night, I had a friend drive me because when I was asked to come over, it was late, and I had a few drinks. So my buddy picked me up, and we road tripped it to the creepy. We got in and hung out like normal. I played guitar, we had a few beers, and all was good. The girl asked me if I would help her do her laundry, so I agreed. We walked into the kitchen, and I stuck a beer in the fridge and said, let's go. We opened the door that led down... Eric, that's so nice of you. Laundry date. Laundry date. Yeah. Like, my beer can wait. I'll keep it cold. No questions asked. I'll follow you into the basement.
0: (laughs) I'll follow you into the dark. That was not at all. I'll follow
1: you into the dark. Thank you. We opened the door that led down to the basement and stepped down onto the stairs. As soon as I closed the door, I heard everything shift in the kitchen. It was a matter of seconds, and I immediately opened the door and looked out to find every drawer and cabinet was open. The silverware drawer was hanging out so far it almost fell to the floor. I asked her if that ever happened before, and she said, no. We closed all of the drawers and doors, and then we went into the basement again. We started doing her laundry, and she thanked me with a kiss, and then we walked upstairs, and everything, again, was open. So after talking for a few, my friend and I decided to go home because by this time it was very late. So we said our goodbyes and headed home. First of all, was the friend left upstairs when all of this ghostly activity was happening?
0: Yeah. What is happening? This place.
1: Eric, we need more information. Now, I don't know if this next part is paranormal, but it definitely ranks up there with the craziest, strangest event to ever happen to me. And for us, I feel like knowing Eric now for a few years, the fact that he said this was the craziest means it's crazy.
0: Yeah. Because especially like for context, Eric joins us on Campfire Stories every week. And every time we bring him up, he's in the woods and he's doing something creepy. He's doing some ghost hunting, some paranormal investigation. He collects evidence all the time. Like he is in it. All the time. And he also knows, like, honestly, we should just hand the podcast over to him because he messages us links to haunted places, maybe multiple times a day, and like we he's can hardly keep up with He's so in the know.
1: He ju- yeah, so in the he, know. If he doesn't already have a podcast, he should start one because he's so in yes. the know with the paranormal. And if there's ever someone who would prove the existence of the paranormal, it's probably Eric. <laughs> so, totally.
0: So the fact that Eric follow said along this is for Eric's journey, the craziest,
1: strangest thing to ever happen to him. This is wild. Yeah. So I mean something. My friend drove a bright red Ford truck that kind of sat up pretty high and wasn't really modeled or anything, but it was a decent sized truck. Enough so that I had to hop up to get in my short ass. (laughs) (laughs) We began driving the desolate ride home. There was literally nothing on the road but trees and open grass and maybe two stores. We were hauling it at maybe a cool 65 to 70 miles per hour when we came around a corner and a huge tree had fallen across the road. It had fallen down an embankment, so it was just laying at an angle. My friend turned to the left and then last minute turned to the right and never slowed down. We drove straight through this fallen oak tree. On the other (gasps) side was a car that had pulled over and they were on the phone, I'm assuming asking for help clearing the tree. They stared at us wide-eyed, mouth agape. It was all so fast for me, and yet it seemed like forever. Branches and leaves whipped and hit the truck. Some even stuck to the grill and around the windows and the mirrors. We never stopped. We just drove in silence. After about 10 minutes, we came to the store. We pulled over, got out, got the sticks from the truck. What the hell? I said. My friend shrugged. I asked if he was okay, and he said, I turned left. Something whispered in my ear to turn right. So I did. We would have been decapitated if we had turned left. I know we would have died immediately. You girls would have been reading stories of the headless hitchhiker of North Carolina, and that would have been me. I don't know what happened that day, but I feel something was warning us to go home and kept us safe on that ride home. Well, I'm currently pulled over because the wind is blowing so hard. The road is covered in ice. And I've got to navigate this mountain once again to get home. And this current situation made me think of the last a little. Thanks for taking the time to read my email and keep it spooky, ladies. See you on the other side, Eric. And we know Eric did get home because we talked to him last week. And he sent this email um, a year ago. How crazy, though, like turning left and then it's this giant tree across the entire road. Wow. And the way that Um, they would have hit branches likely would have decapitated them. And so, going right and driving through a tree, surviving the tree with all the debris and everything, and continuing to drive—I don't even know
0: that. What to say. Is, I, I'm like, even I'm just trying to like even figure out the logistics of how that happened. Yeah, and it blows my mind. I'm having like a hard time even comprehending that.
1: I know. I wonder what the other person that was in their car watching that happen thought. And also. Eric, did you ever have a moment thinking, am I dead? Yeah,
0: right? It kind of feels like a weird glitch, a weird... And also like, what? The, like I want a story from the person who was pulled over on the side of the road and what they experienced. I know, because what if they thought that... Per- like I, I don't know. It, it's just so wild that I think
1: if I were in that situation, I don't know if I would have been like, those people are maniacs, or I can't believe that happened. Oh my God, i was so scared. Or if I'd be like, am I witnessing someone dead on the other side of this tree and like a phantom version of their car and them continuing on. It's so scary. Ah,
0: Jeez, Eric. It's so scary. Wow. Okay, Eric, I'm glad you're okay. And I'm curious more about this house too, like the creepy. I want to know more about it. When it also makes me wonder too,
1: because there was so much paranormal activity happening in that house. Like obviously it was the creepy. Like everything was happening before this night. I'm sure plenty happened after this night, but it does also make me wonder, you know, we've read plenty of stories and and talked about instances where spirits intervene and they keep you ocup- occupied for just a few more moments to to prevent you from getting in an accident or something like that. And so it does make me wonder if maybe because all of the cabinets had never flung open like that before and it happened twice, if it was Somehow, in some way, the universe and these spirits way of keeping Eric and his friend occupied a little bit longer because if they hadn't investigated the cabinets for those three minutes, let's say, perhaps they would have been driving at the exact moment the tree fell.
0: That's true. Actually, that's a really good point. And I really appreciate that perspective. And it feels like the house, while creepy, did save them.
1: Because his friend was also told in his head, go right. As he's Going left and you have to have so much confidence in the, that voice has to have so much conviction and fully gain your trust in that split second to make you turn from going left, trying to go around the tree branches to going right straight through the trunk. Basically, is how I was seeing it.
0: (sighs) Wild. Wild. Whoa, jinx. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Well, I'm I'm uh, at a loss for words. So I'm going to now share a very sweet story, which I'm actually proud of myself, Corinne. I've yeah. pulled a lot of, aside from the B-E-K story, the two others that I pulled are very sweet. I like that. Okay. So nice. So, oh, also one second. Upton's Naturals just messaged me. <gasps> What's the word on the sausage front? It says, Sabretooth Tiger, if your local Whole Foods has been out of them, we recommend leaving messages with their customer service desk asking the dairy buyer to restock. On our end, we're filling every order with no issues. Oh. Thanks, Uptons. Okay. I'm going to call Whole Foods every single one after this call. That makes sense. It's clearly an issue with the buyer
1: at Whole Foods. Yeah, me. I'm going to freaking call Star Market and say, why'd you get rid of that gluten-free bread that you had the first two weeks that I lived here from Donegal, Ireland and call never... Them
0: brought it back. All right. We have some assignments to do after yeah. this. Feed us properly. Feed us, please. Okay. This is a story from our listener, Jessica, and there is a video to play and I will ask for permission to play the video on here.
1: Yeah. Um, also, can I just insert a quick thing? We made a TikTok yeah. the other day that was also posted on Instagram as a real being like, ha ha ha, like all the, all the ghostly photos we have and we'll, we'll post some of them. But if you ever hear us say like, oh, we'll post this on Instagram and it's from a listener story, it just means we likely probably didn't get permission to share it or hear back from someone. Um, So we don't always post everything that we have.
0: Basically, the call to action then is if you send us a photo, please email, like tell us your your social media handles so that we can tag you in it and give us permission because otherwise you can't post it. Yeah, because
1: oftentimes it has you or a friend in the photo and we don't feel comfortable just
0: posting on our social media photos of people without their permission without permission and also like legally we probably shouldn't do that i don't know just we're just not going to so (laughs) yeah give us permission Um, please okay so this is from our listener jessica and it is called, My Dead Best Friend Saw My Baby Kick Me During Pregnancy. I'm starting this off by saying I'm so fucking excited for you gals to hear this shit. I'm a huge fan with a huge anxiety issue. <laughs> hey, me too. Welcome. I adore the podcast and you funny little lads keep my anxiety at bay by telling horrific, scary stories that also keep me up at night. That's a small introduction to me. <laughs> I'm Jess. She, her. Hi, Jess. I'm a... 23-year-old mom to a beautiful six-year-old girl. And I live in, you're gonna have to tell me how to say this, Dracut, Massachusetts? Dracut? Dracut? I think it is Dracut.
1: I'm not entirely
0: sure. Um, She says, Corinne, let's hang out, girl. Hell yeah. She said, I've always felt extremely sensitive to the paranormal. My mom is a firm believer. And we actually used to go out at graveyards and do EVPs. We've heard some terrifying shit and have taken some creepy photos. Anyway, to my story. I very sadly lost my best friend, Shelby, December 21st of 2014 from a long battle of childhood cancer. She was a junior in high school, and I've always felt a strong connection before she passed with our souls and truly felt like we were soul sisters. She was so loving and caring and the kindest. Fast forward to the next year of my junior year of high school. I was pregnant at 17, and over the span of my pregnancy, I documented my belly and movements from my daughter. One night I was recording my belly, everyone was asleep in the house, no TVs were on, and I didn't hear this person. It was only once I played the video back. In the very beginning of the video, you hear a soft gasp, and it follows with the question, is that your baby? The voice wasn't just some weird coincidence or anything. It's my best friend's voice. I've always talked to her since she's passed, and knowing she's here watching over my daughter is so beautiful. Thank you so much for giving this platform and for sharing. Thank you for helping me through my struggles. I love you guys.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Okay. Okay, wait, I'm going to play it on my own You can too. watch the video.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, I just got so many chills. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like three seconds of video and then you hear, oh, is that your baby? Oh my God. It's so this special. This is so special. Mm-hmm. Wow! What a gift It's so special. What a gift for a friend. I know. Oh, yeah, makes me happy. I know. Now I'm just yeah. Okay,
0: <laughs> I gotta go cry. <laughs> I know. Well, I hope it's it's happy tears, and there was a little bit of spookiness in this one. So we got yeah, you know, got it up and down, a wave of emotions, a roller coaster over here. We hope you. Find your favorite foods and that they don't sell out of them. And if you have any ghost stories, please email them to us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. I was going to say that part first, but very clearly I have my sausage on my mind. So mm, she always has sausage That on came her mind. first. Corinne, <laughs> get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> she says after naming the podcast.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And talking about sausage for five minutes and DMing sausage companies. <laughs> okay, well, it's real sausage, not the sausage you're referring okay, to.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Right Rate and review us on iTunes, email us your ghost stories, two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social media. Love us. Love us. Find Sabrina her sausage. And thank you to Christina, who edits our podcast. Yeah. We truly appreciate you. And we appreciate all of you. Yes. We love you to death. Literally. And we will see you on the The other other side. side.